Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 156, and today we'll be doing something a little different. We'll be talking about OKKO Let's Be Heroes. I'm GC13. I'm Isabel. And I'm David. So, just in case anybody is wondering, uh, this is Ian Jones Cordy's new show. He used to be the supervising director for Steven Universe, so we're just checking up on him, seeing how he's doing. I like what I've been seeing. What about you guys? Yeah, I like it too. It's very well made. I love, I did not realize that I missed Ian Jones on Steven Universe so much. He is a really great guy and has produced something really special for Cartoon Network. I just was totally taken off guard and surprised. Uh, You know, I'd been following the show since the first shorts had come out for it and the pilot. And man, it has grown since then. Totally amazing in all the aspects that we're going to discuss during this episode. But yeah, just totally exciting. If you haven't seen any of it yet, but you love Steven Universe, please don't miss this show. You're going to you're going to hear a lot about how much we like it. But uh, yeah, good on Ian. And I hope soon to learn uh, the the other people involved in in the storyboards and stuff, too, because I I, I think this is going to be a show to stay. Hopefully another big hit for Cartoon Network. So speaking of the pilot, when did you guys see the Lakewood Plaza Turbo pilot first? Yeah, I think as far back as it must have been soon to soon after it came out. I definitely remember, you know, once the shorts started coming out and, and the style had sort of changed, you know, back in the pilot, everyone had big noses for some reason, or or at least <laughs> I remember KO did. Um, yeah, and it felt just so long ago. I, I, I think it also came out in a time where they were releasing several pilots this one kind of stood out a little bit. I also, I think even back when they were talking about the pilot, there was also a game planned. So there was some sort of interesting. No, the, the pilot came out way before really? the game. Oh, okay. Because I had watched the pilot like back when Ian Jones Cordy was still firmly on Steven Universe. And then when he left to do his own thing, everybody's like, he's going to work on Lakewood Plaza Turbo, right? It's got to be Lakewood Plaza Turbo. I mean, because for a while, people had been like, how could Lakewood Plaza Turbo not have been greenlit? You're right, yeah. And then it was just really frustrating when they're all they're talking about is the mobile game. And we're like, no way did they take Ian Jones Cordy off of Steven Universe just for a mobile game. And thankfully, they gave him the full show he deserved because, as we can see, uh, he's done very well with it. Yeah, this one definitely took a lot of time in the incubator, too, because that was at least four years ago. The pilot was roughly... Was it the same time as uh, Steven Universe's pilot or shortly after it started airing 2013? Yeah, I think that I think that came out at the same time. Yeah. I, what I really like about what this series has done and is sort of hidden at the pilot is just its focus on characters. Ian has just done such a good job in making it, it in some ways bar not borrows, but you can tell that both Steven Universe and, and OKO okay, come from a similar place of wanting to create these these character driven uh, sort of storylines, but this really goes much farther in making the audience be totally invested in each character individually. And really, that's where all the heart of the show and the story comes from. I- I've really been enjoying that. And it's just cool how it's built from that, from that early pilot. So I guess this is kind of an unfair question, but what what are, you, what are your favorite characters? <sighs> like, favorite character, one per person. Oh, one. Oh, no. One. <laughs> yeah, one favorite character. I, I know. Okay. It's mean. Well, you first then. <laughs> if you're going to ask the mean okay. question, GC13's got to go first. Mm, I don't know. 
I'm torn between Radicles and Fink, but I'm going to say Fink just because she is so amazing, just from a, a few lines in a single episode. Hmm. And she is so adorable. Hmm. hmm, I guess for me, maybe Dendi. I like her. Yes. Ah, cool. uh, yes. A very good, you have a lot of very good choices, though. Yeah, Dendi did, did a, that was a really cool introduction episode. Um mm-hmm. I mean, Dendi, every time I hear Dendi speak, it's like, I can't believe it's not Shelby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just really love that character. There's a lot of things I love about all the characters on the show. They uh, they did a really good job introducing Dendi as just, I don't know, it's not your traditional sort of nerdy character archetype. At least I don't feel it is. They have a great balance, sort of, I don't know, just the way that Dendi interacts with K.O., um, yeah, she's really a bit cool. more true to life. Got a bit of the autism yeah. going on. So my favorite character, probably Enid. I, I would be really torn between uh, her and Radicles, but ultimately, mm-hmm. I-, I just love. You gotta Enid go with the ninja. <laughs> she is just a super, super cool character, and um, has grown so much from what what we saw of her in the pilot. Uh, I just really love what they've uh, done developing her character um her whole backstory with her competition with her friend i love her whole ninja like i just love her more adolescent design of when she was in you know training for ninja and just i think of all the visual design i just love her uh moves the most it's just the tree ninja move always uh sort of teleportation yeah. uh just a cool character i think she she contrasts with radicles so well because mm. radicles has never gone to leg day and Enid has never gone to arm day. <laughs> I never they thought about that visual. Oh. That's so true. That's funny. You're right. <laughs> Cause uh, Radicles just has really small legs and Enid, Enid has really uh, strong legs. So yeah, that is a cool visual contrast. That's probably why they look so good together all the time. Yeah. They've honestly, that, that uh, relationship between them though. And then, KO is great. Honestly, the weakest character on the show so far is kind of KO, but I was thinking that before I just watched the TKO episode right before uh recording this and I'm already starting to <laughs> I like I like how they're digging into KO's character more now, you know. He wasn't totally one-dimensional before, but like definitely Enid radically sort of took up more of I don't know, we're just a little more interesting on screen, but really I they're all awesome. Um, I, I Because that's the focus of the show. So have either of you guys been involved in the theorizing going on about OKKO? Okay, no. I've seen a little bit. Okay, because like time capsule right now, there's a lot of speculation going on about Venomous and KO as mm. of TKO. I mean, there had been speculation that Venomous was his dad before, mm. but TKO just adds a whole bunch onto there. Now, what episodes did we see Venomous in besides TKO? Only we're captured. Okay. Oh, right. In the um. Well, we had seen his pal card in I Am Dendi. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty pretty likely that that would be part of the backstory. I mean, just the fact that KO has this like dark, this totally complete dark. Uh, you know, I can't think of the alter ego. But anyway, there you go. Um, well, it's not alter ego, but that's all I can think of at the moment. But any, anyway, yeah, that I, I'd be totally behind that theory. I, I love how the sort of secrets of the show in contrast to Steven universe are really just 
uh, intimately connected with the characters. Like it's just in your investment and in who each character is uh, as to why you care. You know, there's not some overarching uh, world building type plot. Uh, Ian has talked about pretty much the same thing in even one of the recent uh, Steven Universe podcasts uh, episodes. And, and I really enjoy that. I like that the reason I want to know about, you know, uh, Gar's backstory with Ko's mom and the sandwich, mm. you know, comes from <laughs> a place of just how how much I care about these characters. And it's amazing how with, you know, just this half a season they've done, like how much I care. I'm not exactly sure uh, to put into words like exactly how they've achieved that. It, it, a lot of it goes into the design and just how fun it is to watch them and see them interact. I think a lot of it also has to do with uh, the type of comedy they use. There's just so much. It's so the animation is so alive in the show, and and so also you know even in the line work being sort of like almost crayon like um, <laughs> or or pencil like just really brings you in to making it feel more real and almost like you could interact with the characters themselves too. The 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 also the nature of it just being like off model is the on model for the show. So nothing ever really feels truly off model because the characters are constantly stretched and changed that actually, I never really feel like they always feel on model. It always feels like the style of the show. And because they have that. Yeah. Ian Jones. Cordy is all about going off model. He loves going off model. He will vigorously defend the practice. And, And it really works here. It really makes you feel like, the characters can do anything, look any way, perform any type of action in the show. And, and it brings so much physical comedy and not just explicitly like I, I love the episode watching, you know, Enid loving physical humor and radically <laughs> he's, you know, just going on the whole little adventure at the end in a plane, in a trash yeah. can, in a river. I love what they did in the Plaza Prom episode, and you have the three alleyway teens kicked mm. back up against a brick wall that's just there because it's a cartoon. <sighs> right. And then, well, and Radicles is like leaning against the, it's the same scene. He's like leaning against the trash can and keeps leaning more. No, wait, that's not the prom episode. That's the, uh, his video getting popular episode. The one where he like becomes a movie star shortly, but he's like leaning against a trash can in the back alley, talking to the teens and he keeps leaning. And the obvious joke is that he's going to eventually slide and hit the ground, but instead an egg from the sky, like comes and hits his head. Uh, It's just, I I love little moments like that, but they do so much. There was a, I don't know if it was on the Steven universe podcast, but there was some uh, interview with Ian where he was talking about uh, lessons taken from adventure time And one of the things he described learning from Pendleton Ward was this idea that uh, jokes don't just come from like a setup and then a punchline, but just sort of the funny way that you might do things in real life. Like maybe just the awkward way you might choose to sit in a chair or maybe a glance or something you might have towards someone else. And they've really uh, uh, integrated that deeply into the show. Just there is not ever supposed to be a moment where something isn't drawn interestingly or you know they take every moment to look dramatic pull in on ko and dim the background or just it's so expressive um and it just really draws you in with the drawings so <laughs> yeah i also like how the art style like, it almost harkens back to like uh, 
back back to the nineties, like with Dexter, Powerpuff Girls, kind of reminds me of that too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what a cartoon! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cartoon, cartoon era. It really comes from that kind of era of cartoons, and also you just have that big cast that they pretty much try to get you into right from the start. I mean, it's not like a huge like Simpsons like cast, but just all these side characters are so immediately recognizable in their designs and their voices. Oh yeah, there's someone there for everyone. Right. Oh, man, I just really love the designs. I can't shake the the skeleton's design as being too reminiscent of an Undertale character, but other than that, everything feels very OKKO OK style. Okay, like. now I I want to talk about this because people have said a real magic skeleton is based off of Papyrus, and I've even seen somebody say that Joff is based off of Zenyatta. The the Lakewood Plaza Turbo pilot came out well before Undertale or Overwatch, mm-hmm. so mm. we can be pretty sure that they're not ripping off of anybody. Right. Yeah. Well, that cape that a uh, real magical skeleton has is it's hard to shake. Hard to shake the the look because they're so similar. And he's even kind of got a bit of the personality right. to him too. It does not help, I'm sure. Yeah. I so I can't help but see it. But you know that's fine. I also love the uh, pearl esque character who I don't know if we've heard his <laughs> name before. Um. So some visual uh references are a little more intentional. I like it. Yeah, we know the names on most of the characters. However, there is one person who was invited to the Plaza Prom. I don't know that we've ever learned his name. I've taken to calling him Topless Angel because that's <laughs> what he is. I totally miss Topless Angel. I'll need to go back into that episode and see if I can uh, find who you're talking about. Oh, you'll see him. <laughs> oh, and uh, I, I guess since we're just calling out characters who are topless now, Cupid! Cupid is voiced by Haas Delgado. Oh what my more goodness. could you ask for in a series? I totally loved that episode. Um, the <laughs> It's such a... I like also, you know, there's a lot of uh, just in cartoons, lots of episodes that end up focused on Cupid. Everybody has their own weird interpretation. Fairly Odd Parents had their Cupid fairy character. Um, the like the old man baby thing. But... Uh, or wait, no, that was a different character. There, theirs was actually a really uh, flamboyant one. But like this guy was great, but also he wasn't the star of the episode. Like again, it digs back into Enid's and Radically's backstory, and I just love, love, love how they uh, approached that. You know, Radically's being like always having this soft core, and like oh, I love how genuine their relationship is. That episode really highlighted it. But oh man. I'm just going to start pouring over again how much I love these characters. Sorry to sink your shit, bud. I love the I love the Steven Universe references. Just just for giggles. Like mm-hmm. they threw in Lonely Blade, they threw mm-hmm. in a Beep Morp. Uh mm, they right. the the cops at the candy museum uh looked uh, they they just reminded me of the dumb police or Amethyst. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I, I mean, I guess Ruby herself is a massive OKKO OK reference since she was based off of KO's design. Yeah. 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 There were some drawings, one of them released recently of like the two interacting. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. I thought it was super cute. That was rad. The crossover that must happen. So you were talking about the world building before, and I know you haven't seen the very most recent episode, Stop Attacking the Plaza, but they, they again, uh, they're, they're slowly drawing us into the world. Of OKKO OK with that one. We uh, we meet Lord Boxman's investors there. So mm. again, hinting at the business side of villainy. 
Uh, one thing I just, they cannot get into enough is the whole liquid plaza turbo is in the neutral zone. And then we know that there's another zone called the danger zone, but that's it. We, we know that these places exist. GC needs more explanations. (laughs) You know, hopefully, uh, for my benefit anyway, I hope Ian is as slow about it as possible because, man, these character stories are just so enjoyable and it's at totally the right pace. And in some ways, it also reminds me of, I really, the only anime that I've ever really gotten into was One Punch Man. And I, uh, I really enjoy some of the similarities between, like, the power cards and, like, raising your level your rank and um, uh, yeah just sort of like the focus mm. on those sorts of stories that ultimately it's more about like the superheroes but there's still sort of this world happening in the background do you think rad and enid would be class b in one punch man <laughs> i can't help but think about those all the time too you know i don't know they're only levels two and three honestly i can't believe enid's only a level three uh, that just doesn't seem right but yeah, maybe maybe a B, B minus. Yeah, levels levels are really bogus, right? Also, I guess there's negative levels now that we've seen her uh, for well, villains. Well, that's just but... that's just a villain. Yeah, yeah. Have we seen what uh, uh, Ko's mom's name is? I just forgot. Carol. 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 She's level twelve or level a... eleven. I'm sorry. Level eleven. Isn't Gar also the same level? Or yes, level... except when he's level ten. Right. Except when he's he's level introduced 12. as level eleven, but his pal card has him at ten. Although yeah. it's true, he hadn't updated for a while, so hmm. so maybe he used to be level ten, but now he's eleven. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> uh, what else to go? Oh, back to the world building just a little bit. They're they're not doing so much of a world building in OKKO with with Steven Universe. You know, they drew me right in, tantalizing me with oh, you know, trying to piece together what's what the background of the world is. But in OKKO, they're not leaving hints. They don't seem to. It's it's not so much of a concern. They're more for the comedy and the characters. Yeah. And and I do think, though, that that character mystery or just delving into the characters has a lot to... I, I'm glad that it's distinct from Steven Universe. Uh, we've already had shows on Cartoon Network like Adventure Time that have this really... In some cases, really, Adventure Time is even more expansive than Steven Universe in this just huge background detail, slowly piecing together this massive world and timeline well adventure time kind of made it up as they went along and then wove a story around it which is also very true steven universe came in with a plan whereas adventure time made it up as they went retconned as they needed to even making a whole episode out of retconning some detail that i had never even noticed about like simon's crown or whatever but you know, so with OKKO, I like this just focus on the characters, but it, it, it's more, it's a lot different than maybe something like We Bear Bears, which is really just about just having a good time watching a cartoon for 11 minutes. Whereas I feel OKKO is going to keep digging into the history of, you know, each person and uh, share some secrets along the way. But we're not probably going to be piecing together oh, what's this broken diamond shape in the background? Or, you know, I don't know how deep Lord Boxmore's... Or not Lord Box... Is it Lord Boxmore? It's Lord Boxman, and he owns Boxmore. Yeah, Lord Boxman, you know, I don't know if he's going to have a really complicated reason that he's a villain, although I'm sure there might be something... I'm guaranteeing there's going to be something humorous for how he ended up in this position. Um, But that's the great promise of the show. I know it's going to be... 
enjoyable because I've watched all this other stuff with our main cast uh, just be dug into. So, so question to both of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Gar's secret missions, goofy or serious? Mm. Which do you think they are? Mm. It's tough, I know. Maybe a little bit of both. He's a lot goofier guy than I ever expected. Um, So if they do ever choose to have an episode about his adventures, I'm sure there would be a mostly comedic twist to maybe something that's otherwise kind of serious. But yeah, there's got to be all these heroes in the world. They've got to be doing something important still. You know, Carol's just working in the dojo, but I feel like Mr. Gar actually has some secret stuff going on, but I like how also it's super restrained. Like we didn't really see any hints of it in his, in his secret room underneath the, underneath the store. You know, it was just a picture of Carol, but uh, yeah, I think, I think there might be more going on there. I think I'm not also sure how much they're going to, how much is going to be in present day versus the past. It seems like there's a lot, that went on as far as him and Carol in the past. Mm -hmm. I also like the sort of way that they draw things that happened in the past with this much more, you know, it's a lot less silly. Like when uh, just the old woman in, in the recent candy thief episode, sort of when she's talking about Mm -hmm. her escapades of the past, they sort of draw it in a more mature style. I kind of, that was a very comic booky style. I thought, right. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, A more sophisticated, but yeah. Comic booky type style. Yeah. There's definitely a lot more to do with his character, though, because honestly, we don't really know that much about him either. His main his main character thing has been him blushing and freezing up with, oh, with Carol. Yeah. And... yeah, they said they threw in the legends of Mr. Gar because they wanted an episode where Mr. Gar was just being cool and awesome because they had way too many episodes where he's just stuttering in front of Carol <laughs> and. I think they way overdid that. It's like, yes, yes, she's his greatest fear. Looking her in the eye is his greatest fear. But like, there, we get it, guys. Right, there's too many episodes. I feel like he was drawn as this ultra buff, cool guy owns the bodega, and then they immediately fell in love with. But he's totally weak over Ko's mom, and but we never really establish him being like this otherwise strong and macho guy. So, uh, yeah, because I think from his introduction. His mom, Chaos mom, walked up and, you know, he turns all pink and then just flows away in the wind. So. <laughs> uh, someday we'll learn why he can't look her in the eye. And he, he did eventually face his fear, though. So maybe his fear resistance stat went up a bit. Who knows? Right. Well, also, it's not like he's hiding much from Carol, uh, as evidenced by the TKO episode. She's totally in the know. I mean, it is pretty obvious <laughs> anyway from their interactions, yeah. which I just think is hilarious. <laughs> Not that, you wet noodle. (laughs) Oh, man, the language and expressiveness. You know, Adventure Time sort of had its own unique way uh, of talking and having uh, some words introduced. I love how just subtly every character says sorry like a Canadian for some (laughs) reason. Uh, Or maybe not every character, but at least KO and a few others. I started, you know, one time I heard it and I was like, that was sort of weird. And then I kept hearing it and I was like, why, why are they doing this? Um, And it's just things like that. Totally endearing. All right. So any more thoughts other than the fact that it's a good show. You should watch it. (laughs) Oh yes. I mean, besides digging into each episode's individual plot. Yes, please go, go and watch it and understand. 
you know, I hope I don't sound like I'm overhyping it too much. It is, I think they've done something really special and, uh, yeah. Someone else go out and start your own podcast for OKKO. There's going to be plenty to pour over. I mean, you want to talk about confidence. They, they promoted it by releasing the first six episodes on demand and on the Cartoon Network app. So, yeah, you know, ratings Mm -hmm. haven't been super amazing for the show on TV, but I feel like it's going to do pretty well with with Cartoon Network's audience and also the fact that they're really investing in it with the game and there's already been apps out for it too. Uh, I hope it has a good life ahead of it. It, it looks like they're mm-hmm. going to put their full support on it. I hope it gets picked up for another 52 episodes. So guys, that's it for us on OKKO. Join us next week where we'll be talking about something Steven Universe related for a change. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Isabel. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.